Welcome to Buying Florida with Didier. Whether you're looking to move, invest, start a business, or expand, Didier will share with you everything you need to know. Tune in, learn, and improve with Didier and DDA Mortgage. Now here's your host, Didier. Didier with Didier Mortgage. We're in a three-part series about qualifying for a mortgage. We talked about the first podcast regarding credit. Today, we're going to concentrate on income and get a little bit further knowledge on qualifying for a mortgage and the different types of mortgages and new programs coming out. I think you'll find it quite exciting and a little bit learning. So as you know, when the market crashed in 08, everything froze and uh, we had to go ahead with tighter regulations, rules. The Dodd-Frank bill came in and the ratios came very tight and very difficult to get a mortgage. Uh, We're in 2019 and the doors seem to be opening up a little bit. But I want to educate you, first of all, about income. And let's talk about that a little bit here if we can. Income, what we're looking at in terms of a FHA loan or a VA loan, you have to have the income to qualify. Basically, they're going to go off your two years tax returns. They're not going to use one. They're going to use two. So we're going to look at the income. And again, we talked about the credit scores of you know uh, 620 for VA and as low as 580 or less on an FHA, believe it or not, if it gets DU approved. But the income debt ratios go a little bit higher. If the credit scores are there, they'll go up to a 55% income debt ratio, meaning if you take your mortgage payment plus your uh, you know normal debts and divide that into your gross monthly income, it can get up to 55%. So that is a little bit lenient in terms of qualifying for a mortgage. You know, if you're a salaried individual, they're going to look at your, you know, your W-2s and your pay stubs. Then we get over to being self-employed. So self-employed, they're going to look at the last two years tax returns and average them out. Now, when we get into conventional, we're going to get a little bit looser. But then when we get to some other programs outside the box, I think I'm going to shock you today. But again, you're going to require two years tax returns for qualifying. So you kind of know the income debt ratio. You want to take the mortgage payment, the principal interest, taxes, insurance, plus the association fees of applicable, and divide that into your gross monthly income. It's got to be at a certain ratio on the front end, and then, of course, the back end. So if the credit scores are less, they probably stop you at about a 50%. And you say, there's not a definitive. It's got to run it through the DU process. So once it gets run through DU, that will tell you whether you're eligible or refer. But those are what we're looking for in terms of qualifying the income we're looking at. And that income could be all kinds. It could be your dividend income. It could be alimony, child support, uh, things of that nature. What they're looking for is they want to three, see a three-year continuance if they're going to use that. So if you have, you know, you got alimony coming in or social security alimony coming in or child support 
and it's going to be one or two years left, they're not going to look at that. If they're going to look at capital gains, they're going to see a couple years history of it. So, you know, there's some things you just have to look at and go over and, and make sure. And in these terms, they are tightening up. So I know that the Fannie, Freddie, and the VA and FHA are starting to tighten up. So you definitely want to get a DU approval when you get a loan application going. You want to find that out sooner than later, even though the ratios are all in line. And I think I explained in the last series that I had someone that had perfect ratios. The ratios were 28 over 43% on a conventional loan with 5% down. But because of the tightening up, they had countered back on the DU approval to 10% down and six months reserves. And uh, it could have been due to limited credit or maybe a big jump from the rent to the mortgage payment. So even though you get a pre-approval and a pre-qual letter, you definitely, during the process and you're getting a home, you want to run it through DU just to play that safety card to make sure you're fine. Now, I think we're going to move on to conventional loans. And conventional, I want to educate everyone, is Fannie and Freddie. And it's a conventional. A lot of times I talk to people and they go, well, what is that? A conventional loan comprises of Fannie Freddie. Their ratios really go to a 45% income debt ratio. Now, if they have a high credit score, again, talking about the last series that we did, we noticed that uh, we can go up to a 50% income debt ratio. So it can allow up to a 50% income debt ratio. And let's look at some other things in regards to doing a conventional loan. If you've been self-employed for five years, there's a good possibility if it runs through the DU system, they may require only one-year tax returns. So if last year was a great year and the previous years weren't so good, you have an opportunity and the DU findings will state it. We want one-year tax returns. So that's kind of a good thing to have and know that you have the possibility of having a one-year tax returns that's required. Again, the same thing follows suit. You know, alimony and child support, you know, you got to have at least three years continuing to go forward. So if you have, you know, children, they're one sixteen, and the other ones are 12, well, we're going to look at the 16 dropping off in two years. So we're going to look at what the child support would be for the two children that are 12 years old. Very good information. So you want to qualify and have the income. People say, you know, graduating from college, do you need two years? No, the answer is no. If you have a four-year degree and you go out and get a job, we just need that first pay stub. And we'll use that to qualify. But we're going to look for the four-year degree. We want the certificate, the graduation certificate, the diploma, and the first pay stub. So you don't have to worry about a two-year stint. Now, if you haven't graduated from university and you're out and maybe just out of high school and you got a job, well, yeah, they want a two-year history. They want to see you're working for two years. So, you know, four-year degree in college, a little different than high school. And, uh, you know, I, I like to see something that applies. If you're going for a nursing degree and you get out and you get your job, yeah, you're good to go. So that's just some things to know when getting a conventional loan. So with really great credit scores, you can get up to 50% income debt ratio. That means the front end. That means your mortgage payment plus like the minimum credit card payments, the car loan payments, the student loan payments, things of that nature. They'll go up to 50% if the scores are there. So that's something exciting and, and, and good to know of. Uh, in getting a conventional loan, great opportunity. You can go with as little as 3% down 
on income basis. So you have to have a certain income requirement. If you exceed that income, they won't allow you to do 3% less in some specific area. So you just got to ask, hey, can we do it? So really on a conventional loan, you got 3% down and, uh, or, or, and, and more. And uh, usually, you know, we talked about on FHA or VA, VA is 0% down, which we'll get into the next series in FHA on three and a half. But getting back on the income, you definitely want to have the two years of employment. If you are getting a loan and you get a job opportunity and you want to switch jobs, please let the loan officer and the processor know. It was just last week I had a young lady. She switched jobs. She didn't think it was important for us to know because at the day of closing, they do a verbal. They're going to call up and do a soft pull on your credit and make sure that you don't have to add any more debt. And they're also going to make a phone call verification to your employment. She left, started a job with a previous company from before. So we couldn't close. We had to wait till we got the first pay stub. So if you're changing jobs on an FHA loan, they're going to want to see that pay stub before they close. On a conventional loan, you change jobs during the loan process. They want to see the contract. And really, the pay stub can be before the first mortgage payment. But definitely let your processor and loan officer know if you're making any changes to your income. And so we really want to know that. You know, when you're talking about qualifying, if you're on a commission basis, they're going to want to see a two-year history. So they want to see two years, not just one year, but two years. Although I'll say VA is a lot more flexible and there are some circumstances that VA will allow, maybe one year uh, if it's in the same line of work and, and things of that nature. But it's on an exception basis and built upon the whole model. But really on a conventional and on your FHA and VAs, they want a two-year history. So if you're going to go ahead and you know, start a commission job, know that you need to get two years under your belt and go in that direction. And then, of course, they're going to average that as well. And now when you talk about qualifying yourself employed you know, we're not looking for the gross income. We're looking for the net income. You know, if you get a W-2, that's great. You have a sub S corporation, whatever is left over is going to flow into your personal. And then you have a C corp, which won't, but that's what they're going to look at. So we want to see what the net is. We don't want to know, Hey, you brought in X amount of dollars. We want to know after all your expenses and charge us what the net was. And there's certain things we can add back, you know, like such depreciation, if that exists and certain other fees. But, you know, we got to really gotta go over it. So when you're getting pre-qualified and you're self-employed, you kind of want to look at those tax returns to make sure that we're on. In fact, I have a previous customer who have done loans for many, many years, and they wanted to sell their house and, and get into a bigger house on the water. And so I have the tax returns coming over to be sent so we can review them to make sure that we're okay. Because when we do a pre-qual letter, we want to know the income is there and the credit's there. I hope that's helpful in regards to pre-qualifying for your normal, conventional FHA and VA loans. But let's go to another road. Now, this is opening up. And I said the doors are opening up. and They're going to open up more as time goes on. So on investment properties, which don't really follow the, they don't follow the Dodd-Frank bill, we have things called a no-doc, no-asset loan. It's kind of like a NINA back in the 2003, 4, and 5. No income, no asset. So those programs are available on investment properties, meaning you could buy a home or refinance a home and we won't verify your assets, meaning your bank statements and funds that you have. 
and we're not going to put your job. So we don't have to put an income. So no one has to say anything that's untruthful. There's no job, no income, no asset. Does that mean we're going back to yesterday? Not necessarily. And let me explain why. Back in the old days, you know, they're giving money away and on a pulse and at a hundred percent loan to value with no money down. Well, they've gotten smarter and the programs you have on investments got to have equity. So it could be 20%, 10% or more. So they've got equity. They've got skin in the game. And so it's not where it's uh, an upside down situation or, or, you know, at par. So they are there and they're alive. And I just closed on a couple on no income, no assets. People had an LLC. They, they didn't want to take it out of the LLC. They wanted to close in the LLC, which the, uh, the, the security firm that I got said, okay, no problem. They closed in an LLC and had a no income, no asset. And of course, Back to the credit scores, you have to have certain credits and that, you know, predicates what the loan to value is and obviously the interest rate. Are you getting the rates of a normal loan? No. They're going to be higher rates, but not, not, not too crazy. So you just have to look at those and, and get them priced out. Now, let's go to a primary. And, and this just opened up. I have a loan in process right now that, uh, you know, their income is going to be great for uh, this year or from last year. But the previous years were not so great, and they had some stuff with their credit. So I really had to go to uh, a different type of income, and we're going to get into that. So let's get away from the normal stuff, and let's go back to a primary residence, owner-occupied, second home, under the Dodd-Frank bill. We have what they call a bank statement loan. What's that all about? Well, you can get a bank statement loan if you have your 12 months personal bank statements, they can do an average and they'll average the income and give you like a hundred percent. So you can use that as income. They don't require tax returns. You don't require a form 4506 where they can pull tax returns. So they'll go off the bank statements. You have a business, they'll go off your business bank statements and and usually they'll give you 50% of the average 12 months deposits. And so on the personal, they'll go off the 12 months statements and do the average of the 12 months of deposits. And then you've got your business, which is 50%. So that's been in play for a little while. Now what's come out, and this I think you'll find pretty interesting, and I have that one going I just mentioned, is a profit and loss. So you can actually use a profit and loss to buy or refinance your home. So what do you need exactly? Well, you have to have a profit and loss and it's got to be signed off from a CPA, a financial institution. So they've got to sign off on it, that it's accurate, but they don't require tax returns. No 4506. They will go off the profit and loss. So that just came out. So I've got one in process right now from a previous customer due to circumstances. That's what we're using. So that's going on. Now I was just listening to the national post and that's a, a post that comes out every day and they do a great job and they're talking about a lender that's going to do Nina. Now I don't know if that's going to exist on a primary residence. So I can't really go forward and say that at this time. I just know that on a primary residence, second home, which is all regulated, you're going to be looking at uh, profit and loss statements signed off by a CPA and bank statements. But I think as time goes on, we're going to see more and more things develop. And so really, when you look at America and you look at middle class and the changes that are going on and, and people going more into being self-employed, you know, you have, uh, you know, a lot of self-employed people that have been self-employed for two years, 
have the opportunity to buy their home and maybe they have too many write-offs and things aren't going so great. Maybe you're a realtor, you know, in the mortgage business or in insurance sales and uh, whatever sales. And, you know, you're doing great. You're coming out strong, but you just, you know, you have so many write-offs from the startup, but you've been employed, self-employed for two years. Then really then the bank statement loan might be a, a way to go profit loss statement. And so those are things that are available. You know, when you want to buy an investment property, you know, they do have regulations. So you can't be a renter wanting to buy an investment property with no income, no asset. You actually got to own a home because they're thinking you're going to move into it. So you have to own a home in order to do the Nina product. So there's still some regulations. Do I think this is all bad? I don't. I, I would think it would be bad if it was at 100% loan to value and you had no money, no skin in the game. But most of them are like 20% down. You know, it could vary depending on your credit score, 10 or 15 or whatever the case may be. But they want that. The other thing that doesn't really, I, I like is back in the old days, they'd have a loan term that had a prepayment penalty on a primary residence or second home. They don't have them. So there is no penalty. So whenever you get your situation taken care of or you can go the normal route, you refinance it. So there's no penalty. Back in the old day, they did like 30-year loans with like a a two-year deal. That doesn't exist. They'll have at least a 30-year deal stretched out to five or seven, giving you the time and the opportunity to make changes. And again, I go back to these programs in income qualifying is that you just want to make sure that whatever you're paying is relative to what the mortgage payment's going to be. You don't want to do anything whacked out as long as it's relative. And uh, I think it's great. So there are, and it's not about product offering today. It's about the income. I'm just doing little tangents because as the podcasts continue, we're going to talk about some of these products and really get into them and, and, and concentrate on them. But this was specifically designed today for this podcast is really to share with you, you know, the different programs that you have based upon your income and what you can provide on your income, whether it be tax returns, profit and loss, or bank statements. Now, the word out there is that there's opportunities and you can go through an alternative route if necessary. I think I'm going to wrap it up on this particular episode and uh, in regards to income qualifying. The next week's podcast is going to be on funds to close. And that's really a good one because we're going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to get into like the bond money. We're going to talk about the minimal down payments and we're going to talk about gift of funds and things of that nature and seasoning. So this is Didier, Buying Florida. You can visit my website. It's at uh, www.ddamortgage.com. That's the initials, ddamortgage.com. Thanks for joining me today. I hope you found it informative. And that's really what we're trying to do is really educate you out there and let you know. And again, if you want to get onto my website, check out my videos and email me. Let me know what I can do to help out. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Buying Florida with your host, Didier. For more information and to apply for a loan, please visit ddamortgage.com. That's ddamortgage.com. Or click on the link in the show notes. 
If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to like, share, and subscribe. Have a great day.